the voice of the strange robot woman just told us that a recording is in progress and there you go you're all very welcome into this week's episode of drive talking and ladies and gentlemen this is what we're going to call the 222 edition but we'll talk about that a little bit later on now as per usual i'd like to welcome into the room the two legends of the irish motoring world uh first off we'll start out with miss caroline kid caroline from changinglanes.ie from carzone.ie and from of course the wonderful drive talking how are you keeping this week very well, thank you, Dara. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. It looked like I caught you off guard there for a second, Caroline. Yeah, you must have expected me to say something. Um, and also joining me in the room is the man himself. It is Mr. Neil. Um, don't follow me on Twitter, Briscoe. Mr. Twitter, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm slightly tired, but hey, it's Friday, so, you know, that's good. I can finally get some sleep, I hope. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this week we have so many things to discuss, and as I mentioned a little bit earlier on, this is, in fact, the 222 edition. Uh, what does that mean? We'll figure it out now in a minute. Just want to make a public service announcement first. Um, the team here in Drive Talking have decided to take a break. Next week, we're going to take one week off, and then we'll be back. Now, folks, this, just so you're also aware, this is season two, so we're, we, we've contracted actually agreed with each other to do 12 episodes which we are going to do so when it comes to the end of those 12 we'll take another break and uh, then we'll come back for season three after that don't worry i'm not calling the end or or spelling the end for drive talking or anything like that anyway on this week's edition of drive talking um very exciting news from Peugeot this week. Um, it's the new 308, which Neil Briscoe kept so well under embargo during the week. But we now have more information about it. We'll be able to speak about that. And as well as that, very exciting. Uh, this is an idea that came from the wonderful Caroline K during the week. Let's talk about 222 models. Okay, so 222 is coming very soon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the UK and across Britain, you may not know what that is, but essentially the Irish motor system breaks the calendar year into two parts. It's 221, which indicates January through to the end of June of 2021. And then it's 222, which is the end of June or the start of July, all the way through the end of the year. I think I said that right. Um, so anyway, we're going to discuss about what's going to be hot and what's going to be not over the coming weeks. Uh, Neil, let's start out with the new Peugeot 308. Um, kept tightly under wraps by you during the week. Uh, I saw <laughs> that that you wouldn't break any embargoes. You just posted a few pictures and said, I'm allowed to post this, but I can't say what I think. What do you think? Can, can I, should I, should I let people behind the scenes of this ever so slightly? Because obviously we do get things where there are proper embargoes, where it's like legally enforced. You're not allowed to talk about this until, you know, day and date. Uh, this wasn't that. This was just, I couldn't make it to the actual event that Peugeot was having on Wednesday. Oh. So they let me have, they let me have a car a couple of days early, but just said, please don't give out the prices and stuff before Wednesday, because otherwise everybody else will be really upset. So being the nice person that I am, I did that. Um, you've just yeah. taken away all the excitement of the embargo. <laughs> like, no, well, the they just treated me special because I'm Neil Briscoe. No, it's really special because I asked. That's all. It's, it's nothing. <laughs> they don't care about me. Jesus. Um, it's... The 308 is really lovely, actually. Um, I mean, you all know me. You all know how much I hate SUVs in spite of that little clip you put together a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, but, which, by the way, my lawyers are looking into, Dara. There's, there's, there's such a thing called defamation, you realize. Um, <laughs> I, I don't no. know what you're talking about, Neil. <laughs> Feign ignorance in all things. <laughs> um, I, it, it's just really nice to drive something that's not an SUV. Uh, or a crossover, and and the three hundred eight is a is a, a proper normal, if you want to use that word, five door family hatchback. I, I, it's a really good one. It's it's got that that current Peugeot styling language. That's I wouldn't call it pretty as such, but it's it, it's really aggressive and in your face and very stylish and kind of sophisticated looking. And it follows that up inside too. It's got it's got the two big screens. It's got the little dinky hexagonal steering wheel down in your lap, which I know a lot of people don't like. I do like that. I like the way that that feels. Um, it's not the roomiest car in the world. The back seats are a little bit tight. The boot's a little bit small. The one I was driving was the plug-in hybrid, which was pretty efficient. It'll do, well, Peugeot claims it'll do 60 kilometers on a full charge of the battery. It'll probably do actually more like somewhere between 45 and 55 kilometers, which is actually quite good. Um, but it's quite economical on a longer run. On, on the long schlep up the motorway to Belfast, I got uh, 5.6 liters per 100 kilometers out of it, which is not going nice. to, that, that's almost exactly 50 miles per gallon in Oldman 
So that's good. Oh, uh, oh God. Uh, sorry, on that, because uh, I have a few pointers crossed out here, and we discussed this as recently enough as the last episode, I believe, Neil, uh, where we were talking about the eye cockpit, uh, and you had mentioned that some of the graphics had become slightly dated. Uh, I'm not putting words in your mouth. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember saying that. I See, I actually listen back to these things. I, I get these dangerous quotes that I can use at you at my at your peril. Um, but anyway, the eye cockpit, has that changed? Have the graphics changed? Has it updated? Does it? Because I loved what they did before. I really did. Yes, it has changed and, and for much the better. It, it's still a slightly fiddly system in that they've got their heating and ventilation controls up on the screen, which I never quite like. I like physical controls for that. It's so much easier. But the graphics are, are much better. The menu layout is much slicker. The whole way it functions is much better. You get these little... Well, on the one I was driving, it's an option. Uh, you get these little customizable hotkeys uh, at the bottom of the screen uh, that are shortcut buttons, and you can scooch them around and, and put different things up there if you want. And there's also a few physical buttons underneath those that are shortcuts for certain functions. It, it is a lot better. It's better, I think, than what Volkswagen Group is offering at the moment across VW, Audi, Seat, and Skoda. Uh, certainly, it's 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 easier to get your head around when you're using it, I think. I think the only thing was that with the, the with the digital instrument display, the dials or the, the, the displays on that screen, they're either slightly small or they're further away than they used to be, or I'm getting old and everything is smaller and further away than it used to be. Yeah, you, you may need an eye test. Um, but come here, <laughs> listen, sorry, on that, um, I, I just need to throw in as well, you actually did a beep test on this car, so I'm going to play that now. Right, we're sitting in the new Peugeot 308 hatchback and it's time for a beep test. And I'm in quite a busy area, so I really hope people don't come over and start pointing at me and asking awkward questions. Anyway, here we go. Here's beep. Here's beep beep. And here's, hey buddy. That's pretty much the same horn that's in the 508 that we did last week, I think. So yeah, nice and fruity and French, but with a with an, with an overall pleasing tone, I think. Uh, it kind of reflects the whole car, actually. Very, very pleasing. Yeah, good horn, good car. And as you said to your, said yourself, it's like listening back to your 508 one. It's I can only presume it's the same part. Uh, but it's a lo- it, it, that 308 is a lovely, lovely car to drive. It's got really good steering, really good ride quality. It's a very well-balanced car to drive. It's not thrilling, and it's not quite as pin-sharp as, say, a Mazda 3, but it's it's really satisfying. I, I really liked it. And, Neil, in terms of... Um, okay, let, let's just... Three more questions on this, right? And I'm going to throw them all at you at once because I'm awkward and I like doing that, okay? A power... What is my engine- quest? What is my favourite colour? What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? So, sorry, sorry. I, I, I just need to do the reverb again. What's your favourite colour in a car? Oh, that, that olivine green that was on the 308 I was driving. That was absolutely stunning. I love green cars. Oh, well, uh, no, no, sorry, because you said a few weeks ago it was thunder or something. Oh, you mean the BMW purple? You mean yeah. <clears throat> Thunder Night? Well, I don't even have to put <laughs> reverb on that one. Yes, but the green uh, folks, Neil M. Briscoe, I keep saying it, Neil M. Briscoe, look at him on Twitter because if you go into the media section on his Twitter account, go through the images, you'll see the green he's talking about. It is, Caroline, what do you think? That green. And you, you were driving, if, if I'm not mistaken, the E208 you were driving this week that we're going to talk about soon. Wasn't that a blue color as well? Like, well, the one the one I'm driving is white, but it's oh. got glossy black wheel arches, oh. and the electric version actually has a blue tint on the Peugeot Lion logo as well. Um, actually, as Neil was talking there um, about the 308, of course, it's the first car now to debut Peugeot's new logo, which is a new kind of coat of arms effect style logo. Is it nice? Neil, does it look nice in the card? New logo? What do we do? Yeah, it's, uh, there's a bit of people being grumpy about it in social media because some people say it looks like a football club badge. And I do like the old, you know, cut out Peugeot lion rawr, leaping badge thing. But it is, it is quite an attractive badge. 
it, it harks back to classic Peugeot badges from the, the 50s and 60s, which is always a, a bonus for me because I'm old and I remember stuff. Um, and also, if you get a GT one, uh, GT spec, they put it up, they put an extra set of badges up on the front wings above the wheel arch, uh, just like a Ferrari, which is... Which is which is either a lot of chutzpah or slightly silly, but you take your pick. I quite like it. Oh, oh, okay, now, sorry, the three questions I was going to ask you. Number one, engine options. Number two, engine options for Ireland. Okay, so we can call that one. Uh, and number three, Irish price. Okay, so engine options are, and as far as I'm aware, this is the same across Europe. Uh, 1.2 litre petrol, three-cylinder turbo. Uh, with uh, They all come with eight-speed uh, automatic gearboxes. There's no manual option anymore. Uh, you can still get a 1.5 four-cylinder HDI diesel um, for those who still feel the need to buy diesel. Uh, and then there's two hybrids. Uh, there's a 225 horsepower uh, version. Uh, no, sorry, I beg your pardon. I got that wrong. It's a 180 uh, horsepower version and a 225 horsepower version, both based around the same 1.6 litre uh, petrol turbo engine and the price starts at 31745 for the most Ooh. basic car so it's not cheap but then nothing is anymore it's not cheap but the price is going up for everything at the moment and uh, you know that that kind of surprised me a bit because i think caroline you were saying there recently enough or was it you neil i think it was caroline that effect you see i keep these little nuggets up my up my head up here okay um that they, they've talked about going up market and they've actually stepped up stepped up to up market but I wouldn't call that with greatest respect to them because I love the 308. In fact, I didn't see much wrong with the outgoing 308. And I still say I love that eye cockpit. Um, but Caroline, um, like for, for me, I, I don't see 31 grand as being excessively expensive. Hell, I can't afford it. But in comparison to higher upper end cars that are out there, you'd be paying a hell of a lot more for, let's say, an A4 or an A3, no? And it's not an SUV. And an yeah. SUV, an equivalent sized SUV will cost more than that. So we could see a revival of the C segment hatchback and estate with the prices of SUVs going up. You know, a similarly sized SUV now is pushing 40,000 euro. Wow. So that makes the 308 look like a hot bargain. Yes, uh, well, uh, I would have called it that anyway, uh, especially um, I noticed, Neil, I read your Irish Times piece on it and you had to get your claw pun in there somewhere, didn't you? But do they still have the claws on the rear headlights? Yes, yeah, they do. Yeah, they still got that, that claw motif going on, uh, which I always think they say it's claw motif from the Peugeot Lion, yada, yada, yada. I always think it looks a bit like the Ford Mustang brake lights, but uh, that maybe that's just my addled mind. Incidentally, there is a really, really gorgeous and roomy estate version uh, of the 308 coming. It should be here in the next few weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's that's going to be the one to have because it's really good looking and and very practical and sold your SUV get that yeah and certainly one thing I remember about the outgoing model was that the estate version had an enormous boot which is uh, exactly why you get an estate car uh, also they look pretty cool okay um now I was next on my list here is two 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 but I'm thinking no let, let's be a little bit more methodical here about two two two. Uh, what are you an owl? Two, two, two. Um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go from one Peugeot or Peugeot. Um, sorry, people in the UK, I know they're they're listening to me going Peugeot, 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 right? Uh, and in fact, there used to be an ad in Ireland or in the UK that actually spelt out phonetically how you can say Peugeot. Um, we call it Peugeot. We're allowed to call it Peugeot. In fact, in Ireland, they are called Peugeot Ireland, if I'm not mistaken. No. I think they are. Um, but let's, yeah, Neil Briscoe is shaking his head at me going, no. Uh, we've Peugeot, had this discussion. Peugeot. Um, Peugeot. Peugeot. <laughs> Caroline Kidd. Or I used to call it Pugio. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same thing as that and people saying Renault. And yes. and and running a cheese grater down the back of my shins. That's, yeah, that's but sorry, sorry Neil. <laughs> I've had this as a drive talking discussion before. I can't remember exactly with who, but even okay, okay so BMW, BMV, no? BMV. 
technically. AMB. Yeah, so, like, I mean, nobody's got a problem with that, but I, I say Peugeot. I, I actually used to get hate mail over that. Anyhow, from the Peugeot 308 to the E208, may as well keep this methodical. Uh, Caroline Kidd, this is your beep test, and then we're going to get on to the actual review itself. So this week's beep test stars the Peugeot E208. So here's beep. Here's beep, beep. And here's sitting on the horn for three seconds. I like that. It's quite appropriate for a small car. And I think it's indignant enough as well. Oh, my God. You held it for three seconds. This is a first. Indeed. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. I Um, sat on that horn. And I didn't care what anyone thought of me in my little voice to E208. A, awesome, a small yeah. car making a lot of noise for, for three seconds. Well, yes. And and against French and fruity, I think is Neil Briscoe's words for it or something like that. Um, come here, let, let, let's go through the ins and outs of the car itself. OK, so quite a small car as you started off with there. Um, mm. Tell us, what do you think of it to begin with? I really like it. It might be my new favorite small electric car I have to say it's a 50 kilowatt hour battery and I've been getting about 270 to 280 kilometers out of it and I've been on the motorway as well so I was really impressed with that it's just a super stylish car the 208 came to market this new generation in 2020 and it came to market with a petrol diesel and electric for the very first time so if you like the look of the car and you like the interior you can just basically choose your powertrain there's no compromise there and i really like that about it but i think my money'd be on the electric um e208 now the only problem is the price so the range kicks off for the 208 from about 22,000 euro. Now, of course, that's for a small petrol powered um, 208, but the electric 208 starts from about 28,000 euro, 730. So there's a significant uh, jump up there for that. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of money for a small car. And the one that I'm driving is the GT and it's about 33,000 euro. It's a beautiful car, but that's a lot of money for something that's that small. You know, yeah. it's really for for two people to drive around town in. As, especially considering now, look, I know it's a different engine altogether, but especially when you consider what we just spoke about, which was the the three hundred eight, um, a bigger car, more space, mm-hmm. um, could possibly do with a little bit more space even still, but. Um, that coming in at 31 and you're quoting here kind of 28 but I suppose you, unfortunately that's what you're paying for your 280 kilometers on an EV yeah absolutely that's the price and it's a lovely car I'm totally sold on the you know the zero tailpipe emissions particularly for a city car there's an almost a moral obligation isn't there if you're driving in cities not to be spewing out fumes so it's just the price is the problem. That's across the board for these small EVs. It's a real pity because electric suits small cars. It really does because it doesn't add a huge amount of weight. So the car is still fun to drive. But I would still find it hard to justify um, that yeah, you know, pay yeah. out the €33,000, you know. Caroline, I have to correct you there, though. You, the, the right thing to do in cities now is not to drive an EV. It's to walk or to cycle. <laughs> Now, I know this baby may be a new concept to both you and Neil, but walking and cycling is the done deal now, okay? It's the done thing. Um, I will walk and cycle everywhere when someone puts a roof on the country. <laughs> yeah, uh, come on, you're, you're, you're not disparate, Neil Briscoe. You may look like disparate, but you're not disparate. You will not dissolve. It's a little bit of rain. Okay, um, Caroline, uh, rivals. Um so the Renault Zoe, the Opel Corsa E, uh, the Honda E, the Mini Electric. There's a few now in that um, that region, I suppose. How does it fare in that region? Like if you were to kind of I, list it. I think it's one of the best. It's one of the most modern. Okay. Um, yeah, is, it reasonably it's, it's pr- is it reasonably priced in, and I'm sorry I don't have the figure to hand, in comparison to, let's say, the Mini Electric, is it reasonably... Uh, why can't I say that word? Is it, reason, is it reasonably priced in comparison to, let's say, the Mini? 
It is. And the Mini wouldn't have as good a range. Okay. So I think on range and spec that the E28 is a good buy. The Renault Zoe would be close. I think the Zoe has more range, marginally more. Um, so I think between the Zoe and the E208, I think those would be my top picks in that category. And if I was to put it down to looks, I'd have to say that the Peugeot looks nicer than the Zoe. No offense to Renault. They're they're the third best selling EV in the world, but I'd still look at the Peugeot and go, oh my God. Like over the last 10 years, Renault or Peugeot is just hitting the nail on the head when it comes to styling, in my opinion. And the colors, which we've discussed already, like I've been seeing this blue Peugeot going around for quite some time. And then this green one that Neil Briscoe is after throwing out this week, they look absolutely stunning. And I suppose it's really bringing fashion in and um, may as well continue on with my method here before we go to 222 what are you and now um, cars for the 222 season let's call it uh, before we get to that uh, uh, you were driving this week Neil an Audi Q3 uh, TFSI uh, plug-in hybrid um, yep. let's start off with your beep test okay we're in the Audi Q3 plug-in hybrid the TFSI E version this is the sport back with the slopey rear end uh, and this is what the beep test sounds like here's beep Here's beep, beep, and here's, hey, buddy. It's okay. It's kind of, yeah, about what you'd expect, which kind of seems to go with this car. It's it's not really thrilling, but it's fine. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 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 That's my review of that car. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So it's a small, or sorry, mid-sized SUV. Let's, let's start off with that, Neil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, here, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It just, there's nothing wrong with it fundamentally it, it, as a vehicle. It doesn't do anything badly. It's actually got quite a good plug in hybrid setup. You get reasonable electric range out of it. Like I've been pretty easily getting 40, 45 kilometers out of it when driving around town. Uh, it's not even that thirsty on a longer run, about 6.2 liters per 100 kilometers on a long motorway run. And it's, reasonably roomy and it's an Audi so it's well built and it looks okay um and it drives okay and I just I oh it just sucks the soul right out of me as soon as I sit in it it just I'd so much rather have you can get all that gubbins all the mechanical bits and bobs in the A3 hatchback or saloon I'd much rather have that I'd just so much nicer to drive um it, it's it's fine it's an premium SUV that people I'm sure will love and go out and buy because the seat's two inches higher than it is in a hatchback but you know it's not for me I just I, I can't can't be doing with it uh, Neil, give me give me the, give me, give me I, love it, I love it when you go on your rants um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of lose track of things here. Um, not not you, me. I'm I'm just lost in the momentum of your rant. Um, listen, let, let's let's just tackle this subject now because I do want to ask you in a moment, Neil, about the engine. But Caroline, listen, all this bitching yeah, I, and moaning. What I would say, the the memo for Audi should be don't give Neil Briscoe any more SUVs. <laughs> I, I, Deirdre, if you if you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, just give me saloons and coupes and estates, please. That's all I want. Yeah, but you, you need to be a well-rounded motor journalist then, Neil. And you also, look, your 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 biased nature towards SUVs, unless it's a Ranger or an F-150 or a Bronco or a, or a, Ooh, a Jeep Willis or whatever it is, oh, you, yeah. you need to kind of open up a but little you see bit that, more. But, but, but there's, there's, the, you see, there's, there's the semantic difference. You, you, you're talking there about a Bronco or, a, or an original Willys Jeep or even a current Jeep Wrangler or let's say a Land Rover Defender. Those aren't SUVs. Those are proper off-roaders. Those are vehicles built with a purpose and a capability. You know, stuff like the Q3 is is built just to look good. And okay, it does look good. And I and I can totally see the appeal. And I, it isn't a bad car by any stretch of the imagination. It's just not a car I personally like. Uh, there's so, I mean, and you know what? The one I'm driving, let me just double check, 62,000 euro. Y you can buy an awful lot of other cars for 62,000 euro. You could buy two 308s. You could. You, you see? You, one for the week, one for weekends. Yeah. It's classy though that car is. It's classy, and it's the crossback or the sportback. I think you had so that's more of a crossover, yeah. isn't it, than an SUV? If there's any difference, oh. do you differentiate between SUVs and crossovers, Neil, or is that another rant? That probably makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can't see it, but I'm biting my fist. <laughs> Where yeah, do you I stand do. on crossovers? Uh, I, I I can't stand on them because they're too tall. Um, no, it's um, th- there are there are some good crossovers. I like the Ford Puma. That's a, that's a cracking thing, and that's so good to drive. Although oddly, I don't like the ST because I think it's it's too expensive, and you might as well just buy a Fiesta ST at that point. But uh, but the standard Puma, I really really like. I think that's a lovely machine. Um, it, you know, it's it, it like anything else. It comes down to a combination of you know price, practicality, fitness for purpose, and what side of the bed I got up on this morning. Okay, and I, I suppose there concludes our review of, no, I'm unjoking, no, I, the TFSI engine, right? So my recollection of TFSI engines from Audi is that they're spectacular. Like they're, they're really, in my opinion, really good engines. Okay, despite the fact of the body that it's sitting under or in, um, how was how engine performance on the car itself? Like what, what type of engine did you have? Um, so it's the it's the TFSI E, so it's the plug-in hybrid. Okay. You've got the it's actually using the older uh 1.4 litre turbocharged uh four cylinder 150 horsepower engine. Uh if From you the buy A3, the wasn't it? Yeah, if you buy the non-plug-in hybrid, uh, sorry, if you just buy the, the standard petrol engine, you get the newer 1.5 turbo, uh, which is actually a, a much nicer engine and actually really economical. Um they use the 1.4 and uh, like VW engineers and Audi engineers have admitted as much that it's because it's cheaper to build because it's an older design. And so it's, you know, when you're putting a, an engine and batteries in a car, you've got to balance the costs. It, it does perform quite well. Uh, like a lot of hybrids, it gets a bit shouty when you ask for, you know, a good bit of acceleration. But as a plug-in system, it's quite efficient. Not brilliantly efficient. There are better, I mean, you know, you, we wind back to when we did the, the Toyota RAV for PHEV, which is you know a, a much cheaper, bigger, more practical vehicle that gets much longer electric range, um, but overall it's actually quite good in that you know in that PHEV sense. But again, it's just I don't know. It just it you you get into it and it just doesn't do anything very special. And I think if you're spending the money and you're getting that that four ring badge, and Audi makes such good cars. You know, you look at the A6 and you look at the TT, and you look at uh, you know even some of their even some of their SUVs are really good. Like I mean the the, the e-tron Quattro, the e-tron GT. The Q4 e-tron, they're all really, really good cars that I really, really like. And this one just feels a bit of a, you know, yeah, it's fine, but it's nothing special. Neil, get off the fence, will you? Oh, my God. Okay, um, listen, we're going to move on. Uh, thanks for that, Neil. Um, we know all about your love for SUVs, and it may, be, may come into our quiz a little bit later on. Let's see. Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking all episode regarding uh, what I've been calling the 222 or... Uh, I am not an owl. Um, I don't know why I call it. Isn't that from a movie? Tutu? What are you, an owl? Isn't it Al Pacino that says it? What are you, an owl? No, he says who, who. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, who, who? What are you, an owl? Um, right. What cars were 222, right? Um, so we spoke about this during the week. Uh, 222 is coming. That means that a lot of people are going to. July is always an upsell month in Ireland. Since 2013, we brought in, uh, we effectively split every year in two. Uh, so January through to the end of June is the. So, for example, if the year's. Uh, 2020 it'll be 221 for the first six months then reg plates read 222 for the following six months and so we're entering in 222 which means there's going to be a lot of cars sold over the coming weeks Uh, and i'm going to ask our brilliant team the a team and what people what they'd recommend under each segment so caroline kid we're going to start off with the small car segment Um, any particular recommendations considering prices etc for the average me who's out there at the moment well 222 is a very exciting time of the year isn't it for the motor industry very important as we've said small cars have gone up in price so my first recommendation would be the Dacia Landero Stepway if you're really looking for a bargain you can get a good one uh, for about 19,000 euro and compared to a lot of the competition that's that's a bargain in today's market then if you want to go hybrid, maybe a Toyota Yaris hybrid, um, if you want to to go for that. Um, sorry, just just on that, you could buy three Sanderos for the price of uh, that uh, Q3 we were talking about a moment ago. My maths is phenomenal here. Um, right, so the Dacia Sandero. Three, three uh, Sanderos would be a better choice. 
Oh, okay. Um, sorry, what was the second one you mentioned there, uh, Caroline? After Sandero? The Toyota Yaris Hybrid. Right. Um, Yaris is a good car. And th- this is all mm. I'm hearing this year is Yaris is a phenomenal car, whereas historically I would have looked at them and went, no thanks. Uh, mm. But now all I'm hearing is nonstop good reviews. Um, in terms of price, and I know I'm putting you on the spot with this one, in terms of price, what type of price is the Yaris going for? Just so I'd have an idea in comparison to, let's say, Sandero. I didn't check that before I came on, Dara. You've caught okay. me out now. I can see both of your arms are going there. At <laughs> I'm so frantically Googling. Frantically <laughs> Googling. I they could start... guess, but I bet. 24,470. 24470 for the hybrid. There you go. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> as a matter of interest, um, both of you to, to put this on you now, you mentioned there the Sandero stepway for 19,000. So we're talking about a, a five grand difference between the two cars. Um, that's my son. Uh, we're talking about a five grand difference between the two cars. Um, would it be worth, do you think, to step up into the Toyota? That's to either of you. I think it depends on what you need and what you want, because the Sandero is a bit more spacious. In fact, quite a lot more spacious than the Yaris. The Yaris is is very small in the back seat and the boot. So if you need that bit of utility, I would go Sandero. Um, but if uh, I, I mean, there, there is a quality difference. The, the mm. last time I test drove a Sandero, although the, there was nothing wrong with the engine, little things like the, the electric windows weren't consistent in how they worked. Sometimes they would go up and down, sometimes they wouldn't, um, <laughs> and, which is not great. But you know, okay, it's you know, it, it's a relatively minor thing. You could probably fix it by hitting it with a hammer, which I did not try to do. I hasten to add, but you know, a Toyota, that's probably not going to happen. Um, and that 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 Yaris hybrid powertrain is really efficient. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 very very economical, particularly around town. So if most of your life is in town. Yaris is a good one to go for. Uh, I'd throw in the new Skoda Fabia. I think that is an absolutely belting small car because uh, it's not even small anymore. I mean, it feels yeah. quite big inside now, and it's got it's got the best interior design of any compact hatchback at the moment. It's really gorgeous. Can I ask you both, uh, and we'll be brief on this, right? So once again, whoever feels like answering first, jump in or raise raise a hand, right? Uh, neither of you have mentioned. Polo, Ibiza, or Fiesta. Um, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but would that purely be down to the fact that it's on nobody's radar because of the simple fact that maybe it hasn't received a recent update or whatever it is? No, I, I threw in Fabia because it's a, I mean, it's the same mechanical package as the yeah. Polo and the Ibiza, and it's a better car. It, it's it's got a nicer interior. It's got a much bigger boot. And again, if utility is something you're looking for, that's you know that that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I would throw the Fiesta in actually because it's so lovely to drive. Um, it's I, mean, I suppose the the, the 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 design is aging a little bit now. They have updated it relatively recently, but um, it. I think as an all round package, the Fabia is probably still better. But if you do love your driving, Fiesta is the one to go for. Okay, I'm going to move on to medium car. And since I started out with Caroline and small car, I'm going to start out with Neil on medium. Okay, so medium car. Uh, so we're talking now, you'll notice in the sheet I sent around earlier on today, I'm separating SUVs. Okay, uh, so we're talking about cars here. So that we can burn them? No, no. So that we could be fair and impartial, Neil. Fair and impartial. It's not an automatic X because it's an SUV. Uh, so medium car, I suppose we we would be talking about the likes of, let's say, the 308, the Audi A4, if you have a bit more money. It's it's the all of these. What's on your kind of tip list for, for this year? I, I would definitely throw that new 308, uh, Peugeot 308 in there. And maybe that's kind of newness bias, uh, but it, it's it's really, really good. Yeah, I can see you wiggling your fingers. Yes, it's expensive. But everything in that class is now. There's hardly anything that's not sneaking over 30 grand for a basic one. Yeah. Um, if, if you want the, the, the other stuff, I mean, I love, love, love the Mazda 3. It is mm. such a pretty car, such a good car to drive. If you get that Skyactiv-X engine, again, that's expensive, but it's so frugal and smooth. Um, it is a, it's a massively underrated car, the three. I think it's one of the absolute best out there. And then uh, other than that, uh, Skoda Octavia. Get the Skoda Octavia estate. You will never need another car. It is such a good all-rounder. 
it's it's a beautiful looking car. Uh, Caroline, would you have any picks in there yourself for medium car? Well, I would say the new Opel Astra is one to watch as well. That's coming in July as well. Had an early drive of that in February in Lisbon and the early indications were good. It's a Stellantis car now. It used to be a GM car, so it feels like a car transformed as well. And it looks really stylish. Uh, then the Cooper Born for an mm. EV option. Yep. Got a drive in that uh, earlier in the year as well and was really impressed with that car. It's compact hatchback, uh, all electric and it's really stylish as well. And I think the Cooper brands are yeah. quite cool, aren't they? You know, with their cool logo. So that's one to watch as well. And maybe a little bit alternative when we're so used to talking about C-segment hatchbacks with petrol and diesel engines. Oh, so that, that actually, I'm glad you threw that, that one in, Caroline, to be honest with you. And it hadn't crossed my mind. Neil? Why, why does the Cooper badge look like a Klingon battle weapon? That's what I can never figure out. It, look, it honestly looks like something that Worf would have on the room of his cabin on the Enterprise and would use to stab members of the Borg with. Uh, and if anyone is listening who can understand that, congratulations, you're a nerd too. Do, do, do you not think that the shaping is a little bit like that uh, new Peugeot emblem you were talking about earlier on? Maybe. It's pointy. Oh, I, th- I think we're all going a little bit whatever it is you said a moment ago. Okay, um, sorry, now to put you both on the spot here, once again, there was no prep on this particular question. Um, Now, don't confuse what I'm asking with asking you with cheapness or anything like that. What is the best value, in your opinion, from the mid-sized medium car segment? Best value. It's a tough one. Dacia Jogger. I know we've been talking about it a lot lately, but I mean, there's nothing. Else. Well, yeah, because it's so roomy. It, I mean, it's technically based on a small car because it's the same platform as the Sandero, but it's got loads of space inside. So, I mean, you, you can't. I don't think you can. I don't think you can do better than that, really. I mean, the, the Skoda Octavia is still relatively well priced. It's not a cheap car anymore by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, it's slightly cheaper than the equivalent Golf. So, that's. That's good. Say at Leon's quite good value too as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Caroline Kid, large cars. Um, any opinions as to, okay. So I imagine by the, as the size of the vehicle goes up, the average person who would be looking that, at that would change, I suppose, either. So when you get to large vehicles, either somebody with a larger family or somebody with a larger bank balance. Um, mm. So when it comes to large cars, what do you think the market will be looking at for two, two, two? I'm not an owl. Uh, the BMW 330e is mm. still a great buy. It's a beautiful car, small executive saloon. I've also put in the Ionic 5 and the Kia EV6. Are those cars or crossovers? Because uh, I know we could. This could get very heated. But Ionic 5 is definitely a car. EV6 it's a big, is an it's SUV. A bit, the, no, 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 <laughs> no. Kia, the EV6 is 100 millimetres lower than the Ionic. How can that be an SUV and the other one be a car? They're both big hatchbacks. Yeah. They're, Rover, they're, they're the Rover SD1 Reborn. No, no. No, sorry, I, I'm just trying to play back for you. No, the EV6 is definitely not just the hatchbacks. Hatchback. I, like, I'm sorry, the, I'm going to have to pull it up here. No. It's uh, a big no, hatchback. No. <laughs> no, Neil. No, hold on. EV6. Let's throw in an image here, right? Let's pick it. Uh, it's, 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 what, it's what Caroline said. It's, it's a crossover. Yeah. Which is an SUV. Yeah. It, it falls into that category. It's definitely a crossover, Neil. I'm, like, I'm I, sorry, it's too big and chunky. God, Look at the, the sound The sound of people being this wrong. It's no. astonishing. <laughs> no. It's, oh, it's a, got it's plastic no. oh. cladding around the wheel arches. That makes it a crossover. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sorry, Neil. No. No. Um, bad, okay. Dara. No, bad, bad, Caroline. Bold. No, but Caroline, yeah. Okay, so it kind of feels yeah. like we've been, up until you brought in, um, let's say, the um, 
the the, the Cooper at Bourne there a moment ago. Mm. Uh, kind of feel like we've been ignoring uh, EVs a little bit here, uh, even mm. though some of the other cars from the earlier categories would have an EV version of it. Um, kind of hear you on this one. De- mm. Well, sorry, I'm I'm not including the EV6 in this, although I do believe the Ionic 5 is definitely a car, uh, not an SUV. Yes. Um, do you think that's going to be a big one now for 222, or are we actually going to be looking at more chip shortage news over the coming weeks? I think it's going to be big. Um, they've already sold very well so far this year. They've managed to find them anyway. Uh it's a great car when you look at the price and the technology on board and the range of the car. It's an it's an excellent buy. It really is. OK, Neil, you're allowed to talk now, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> what are your recommendations? Right. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to skim over. I'm just going to. Yeah, I mean, Ionic 5, Ionic 5 and EV6 are just two of the best cars around i i have a slight personal preference towards the ev6 because i think it's slightly nicer to drive and it's definitely not an suv or crossover but the ionic is probably the better all-rounder because it's roomier inside because it's taller than the ev6 so how can that not be a crossover sorry i'll just i'll lower, I'll lower my voice a little now <laughs> do you know what we forgot to do you know what we forgot to mention do you know what we forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about uh kind of medium-sized cars um nissan leaf the the basic version of the leaf it, with the 40 kilowatt hour battery which is not great for range it's under 300 kilometers but it, it's a 28 grand car it's it's a it's a lot of car for the cash in electric terms and uh, I, I mean it's not a thrilling thing to drive or anything it's quite dull actually but as an ev to get around in it's it's pretty decent even still what's what sorry what's the range uh, in around 180 Two, no it's 275 kilometers i think is the, is the 40 kilometers. kilowatt hour range yeah yeah. For 28 grand, yeah. It's but you're getting more car. You're getting a golf size car instead of a instead of an E208, which is you know it's it's a the E208 is a, is a size down, even nearly even size and a half down on the on the Leaf. So it's a trade off. You know if you're not doing lots of long journeys, the Leaf that small battery Leaf is actually quite a good choice. But uh, just as you as you said, we hadn't mentioned in, uh, electric cars enough. Um, I I'd have to say like no, I hear you. And you, you've certainly driven them more recent than me, but um, I don't know. I just feel the Leaf is is a letdown. Um, I, I don't think I'd put it in my category. Uh, sorry, I'd recommend it to somebody who is looking for an EV, uh, used EV, no problem at all. Absolutely. But it doesn't offer enough in terms of range, in my opinion, especially, I keep bringing up the MG5, especially when you can go out and buy an MG5, which is, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've read, I, I'd never lie of this, I haven't driven it, but from what I've read, it just offers so much more for a grand or a grand and a half more. But you're getting no, I extra do li- kilometers out of it. I do. I do like the MG5. Actually, that is, that is a good little thing, and it's quite quite roomy and practical as well. So yeah, that's that's actually a good shout. Okay, let's move on to who did I go to for large car? I went to Caroline for that. So small, <laughs> small <laughs> SUV, <laughs> small SUV, Caroline kid. Small SUV. Let's let's just ignore uh, okay. the big man for okay. a moment. Um, I'll give you a reasonable answer. So the Dacia Duster as the bargain option. If you like, want something that's really fun to drive, the Ford Puma. And then the Peugeot 2008 is a little bit more sophisticated feeling behind the wheel. It's good quality. So those would be my, that's three top picks. I should probably yeah. hand over now to Mr. Briscoe. <laughs> well, no, but, but before you do, like <laughs> Peugeot are playing a blinder today. Mm, yeah, they have really improved the quality of the cars. They're very stylish. Like that 2008 looks fantastic. It's like a mini 3008. Yeah. The design is just stunning. So it looks almost bigger than what it is, I suppose. I'll go one step further. I'm going to use a term that Neil used earlier on today. I will say that the 2008 is a more aggressive looking vehicle mm. than the 2008. Um, like it's uh, uh, my only wish is that it was bigger. Um, because uh, like, and I know it's an SUV, so Neil, it's it's okay. You get over this, but that is an attractive looking car. Um, it really is a really attractive looking car, and I just think if it was a little bit bigger. 
um, to fit my arse into it. Um, because as a small SUV, it works, but just to me, it'd be like, God, imagine, imagine multiplying that. Okay, uh, Neil Briscoe, small SUV, your favorite topic of all time. <laughs> yeah, right. No, uh, okay, I, I actually cannot disagree with Caroline's recommendations there. The, 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 the current Dacia Duster is an absolutely beltingly good car. And, it, it, you know, we talk about fitness for purpose. Boy, howdy, that car is fit for a lot of purposes, and it's such good value. And, it, and, it, and it, you know, the, this current model, they've, you know, they've put some decent seats in it, and they've, you know, the, you don't, you no longer come away with slashed fingers if you put dare to put your hands underneath where the dashboard sits. It's much, much better quality. Um, I'd actually throw in the Opel Mokka. Uh, I like the mock a lot. I, I think it looks really nice, aside from that slightly weird rear pillar style that looks a bit like it came off a 1970s Lincoln pimp mobile. Um, but it's actually it, it's actually a cracking car to drive the mock. It's really well balanced. Uh, get the the 1.2 petrol with the eight speed auto, and it's actually a really lovely thing. Uh, I mean, it almost pains me to say it because it is a crossover, but there you go. It is actually quite a nice little car. Mach-E is, is a stunning little machine as well. But once again, it's a pity about the, the kind of range. What I'm reading, yeah, it's, it's, it's not so good. It's okay. It's I think 320 kilometers is the official figure. You'll get about kind of 270, 280 if you're spending any time on the motorway. The problem is because it's bigger and taller than the, than the Corsa E, which uses the same battery, you do lose a good chunk of range compared to the Corsa. Uh, and that's why uh, SUVs and crossovers are wrong because okay. they're less efficient. They're less efficient. Okay, move, moving on swiftly. Uh, medium SUV, uh, go on. I'll stick with you there, Neil. Medium. Um, the Ford Cougar is quite good. Um, I do have a bit of a soft spot for the Toyota RAV4, although I prefer the standard hybrid to the plug-in hybrid because it's it better balance of weight uh, and and it just feels uh, uh, nicer to drive. Uh, Mazda CX-5 just been updated. You can't get it with any kind of electrification beyond very very mild mild hybrid, but it is a lovely lovely car to drive and and superb quality. So uh, so I definitely throw that into the mix. And actually, do you know what the 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 new Nissan Qashqai? It, it's it's not the most thrilling car in the world, but it's actually kind of handsome. Um, and it is really well built and it's very roomy and practical. And so, yeah, not a car I adore, but it's a car I respect. So, wow, strong words come from Neil Briscoe. Uh, what about you, Caroline? Would there be any? Um, would there be any kind of any deal breakers for you within medium SUV land? Well, I'd agree with all Neil's recommendations on that. Those are on my list as well. It wouldn't be my favorite segment in the world, actually. Um, but the Renault Arcana. It really surprised me um, when it came out at the earlier earlier in the year. I was really impressed with that. It's a nice car. It's stylish. It's an SUV coupe, actually. I'm not sure if that counts. Um, I have to say the Peugeot 3008. Again, lovely, high quality car. And you can get a hybrid now as well. Um, then on the premium side, the Audi Q3. I like that car. <laughs> um then the bmw ix3 now that's the electric version yeah. of the x3 which i was really impressed with when i drove that last year i didn't expect to like it as much as i did oh the price you see all my fingers uh, going yeah, here that's seventy four thousand, i think mm. see i liked the x the ix3 as well so it was really nice to drive and and decent range in it but problem is, it's a lot more expensive than, say, an Audi Q4 e-tron. Not an awful lot bigger inside. And the Q4 e-tron can do, you know, more than 500 kilometers on a single charge. And then the th trouble is then, if you're looking at a Q4 e-tron, you should really be buying the Skoda Enyaq because it's all the same and less money. Okay, let's move swiftly on. Large SUV, Caroline Kid. Uh, I'm assuming, by the way, before you answer, I'm assuming that Neil will not say the BMW X7 because he just has a problem with that car. Caroline Kidd, large SUV. The Kia Sorento is oh, yes. a fabulous car. Seven-seater and just, I mean, the onboard technology, the interior is really nice. The Seat Taraco is a sound buy as well, seven-seater. And... 
I was driving the Peugeot 5008 recently. It's <laughs> maybe a bit more of a MPV style than an yeah. SUV, I would say, but it's got three individual seats in row two. Um, so certainly it's good for carrying people and things. Peugeot is having a good week from drive talking this week. Sorry, Neil, I interrupted you. Does anyone else miss the Ford Edge? I mean, I know it was really overpriced, but I kind of liked it. It was, it was, it, you got it in the right spec and it looked like a cop car. I am going to hold up, and I realize this doesn't work very well on a podcast. I'm going to hold up a visual representation of the correct answer for large SUV. And it is <laughs> the Land Rover Defender, yeah, which is not an SUV. Which is not an SUV. It's uh, it's 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 an off-roader. But anyway, that's, that's is the is that answer. Lego, Neil? Yeah, that's a Lego Technic kit. Yeah, oh, and that's nice. Sad. Nice. Um, I have to say, um, Sportage spot on. Um, I, I think that's absolutely like one st- once again another brand that's really kicking it out or hitting it out of the park. Uh, is Kia. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, I'm looking at prices and Sorento ain't cheap. Now there is the EV6, that crossover we talked about earlier on. Stop it. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, now we're going to wrap this up. Okay, so at uh, this particular segment, then we're going to move on to the quiz and then we're going to let everyone go. Okay. Um, if you had to recommend a new buyer, uh, bearing in mind now, I'm not asking you for your favorite car over the last six months or whatever it is. If you had to recommend a good car to a good person, what would you recommend? You got 30 seconds each. Caroline Kidd. Look, I mean, I would always ask, what's the budget? You know, what are they looking for? How many people do they need to put in the car? But one of the standout cars of this year is the Hyundai Ioniq 5. Just when you look at the choice in the Irish market, the price and then the technology on board, it's just a very impressive car. Okay. I would say get a Skoda Octavia Estate because it just does every job you can think of really, really well. If you want a cheap one, they do cheap ones. If you want an expensive and sporty one, they do expensive and sporty ones. If you want a plug-in hybrid, they do a plug-in hybrid. Covers a lot of bases. Okay, and on that note, uh, guys, thanks a million. Two, two, two. There you go, folks. There's some buying choices for you now over the coming weeks and months. And as you go into 222, I am not now. I have to really stop saying that. It's just not working out well for me at all. Okay, uh, we have a quiz coming up. Yes, so I've been taking notes throughout this. Um, Caroline, your buzzer today is crossovers rule. Crossovers rule. Yeah, okay. and Neil Briscoe, and it has to come out like this. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's five <laughs> Five. Okay. Yeah. So that's five syllables, crossovers, crossovers, rule, four syllables for Caroline. So four, four no's for you, Neil, okay? Four, okay. It's my, it's my Maggie Thatcher impression, basically. Yeah, yeah. Do your Maggie. Okay, so there's only seven questions in this week's quiz. Okay, true or false? Fastest finger first. One of the first hybrid cars, a combination, a combination of electric and gasoline power was first designed in the year 1906. No, 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 no. Caroline Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Neil, true or false, 1906. Uh, false, it was earlier. Oh, I've got true here. Mm, no, 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 what no. I have here, you have no. It's it's, it's sorry. The, I am the adjudicator. You you go googling. <laughs> Hang on, I'm not even googling. I'm not even googling. I am actually going through the photos on my phone. This is going to be absolutely okay. three for anyone listening at home. So there we go. There See gasoline. Uh, yeah, sorry. What power is it? Uh, that is the Lerner Porsche, uh, and that is one of the first hybrids ever made, and it was from. Wait a minute. Well, I zoom in. Uh, one of the one of the first hybrids ever. 1900. 1900. Okay. Listen, Neil, you're wrong, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> the quiz site that I took these off, which I actually wrote down this time in case there was any problems, so bear with me here. I yeah, howstuffworks.com. Okay. Uh, they say no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't ask a question this time. Okay, question number two. Uh, name the American Formula One racing team that entered the sport for the first time in 2016. Crossover's rule. Yes. <laughs> Braun. Nope. So here are your nope. options. 
no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, go on, Neil. If you've got an answer before the options come out, it's it's Haas. It is Haas. Okay. Yeah, Okay. Fastest finger first. I don't want any giving out, Caroline kid. Okay. I, I just you're just not allowed to give out. Okay. Okay. You're not allowed to give out. The classic TV show, The Saint. Sake. <laughs> <laughs> Starred soon to be James Bond actor Roger Moore. Which vehicle did his character drive? Should I do my Roger Moore impression? Yes, do it. Yeah. But say no first four times. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, he drove a Volvo P1800 Coupe because oh, Jaguar, wouldn't, Jaguar wouldn't give them the production company an E-Type for free. Okay. All right, are you ready? When Ford produced its 300 millionth car, what model did they choose to make it? Crossover's rule. Yes. Ooh. Mustang. Caroline Kid, You're not doing too well this nice. week, Caroline. <laughs> okay, now this one here, I didn't know this until today, and I'm so happy I now know it, okay? Which important car accessory did Mary Anderson invent in 1903? Oh, yeah. I actually read uh, up about this after I, I learned about it. Uh, also, it was real. Oh. Yep. Seatbelt. No, I think that was 1953, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong there, but. That was um, driving gloves. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Windscreen wiper came from a lady called Mary Anderson, right? And she was out in one of those, um, whatever they used to call cars, a car, uh, a car trolley, right? And she noticed that the driver couldn't see through the, the windscreen, even though it was designed to let water splash off it. Apparently like the Ionic 5 with no windscreen wiper at the back, right? Um, yes, yes, they, they, I've, I've heard that it can get a bit dirty back there, right? But anyhow, this was the problem. And she had a look at it and said, I'm going to patent it. So she was not the inventor. She is the person <clears throat> who funded and financed that came up with the idea for this. She's not an engineer. She's the... The, the inspirational one who thought of it. There you go. Okay, final question. Uh, Caroline, you may be unhappy again. It, it's, another, it's another historic <laughs> question, right? In what year was the first speedometer introduced on a car? Oh, for God's sake. No, uh, no, 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 no. You're just going to guess a random year now. Yeah, go for it. I am, yeah, 1905. <laughs> oh, no. Caroline, no, he's wrong. He's wrong. Um, <laughs> 1886. No, that's a minus four. I'm trying to... You can't cheat. <laughs> uh, 1901 was the year the first speed ah, he's close. He's close to spend. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that's was another right. great quiz. And do you know what yeah. our promo for next week's show is going to be? No, 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 no. <laughs> No, the ladies not for turning. No, no. okay, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, uh, before we go, before we go, I have to chuck in box. two very quick mentions. Yeah, I need to do this. I need to do this. Two fabulous, fabulous, fabulous new books out. One is uh, Secret Fords. You might know that there's two volumes of this now. It's all behind the scenes stuff, looking back at 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s Fords and how they were created and designed and developed by a wonderful guy called Steve Saxty. He's now brought out an extra uh, kind of companion edition called the RS Icons Limited Edition, which is all about the sporty ones. Get that, it's brilliant. And the other one is by uh, David Tuick, and it's called Inside the Machine. David is an engineer from Cork originally. But he's the guy who developed uh, the original Nissan Qashqai, the first-generation Renault Zoe, the first-generation Leaf, Nissan Leaf, and the Alpine A110 sports car. And he's written this autobiographical book that's all about the inner workings of the car industry and how everything comes together. It's a great, great read. Get it for your summer holidays. I have a fantastic idea, Neil, right? So we're all going, me, you and Caroline are going to take a two-week holiday together now. We're going to take next week off. We're all going Not to- together, though. 
We're together. We're, <laughs> Caroline, we're, we're, we're going to grab a Volkswagen together. California. We're going to grab a Volkswagen California and go for a spin around the country, right? Um, so here, here's the thing. Great idea. Great project for Neil. Maybe get in touch with Mr. Tuhig and see if he'd be interested in an interview. Just saying. Um, and if he is, fantastic. Uh, one more book that I'm going to recommend. Yes, Caroline Kidd. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, While You Were Sleeping by Caroline Kidd is another oh, fantastic yes. book that you should definitely Thank contemplate you. buying. And of course, um, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, inspired does money go on to NWSPCA in Gori? Yeah all the money goes to NWSPCA which is an animal shelter in Gori and I wrote the book to raise money for the charity based on my experiences as a volunteer with them Awesome and I, I, well done you uh, so there Thanks. you go folks while you were sleeping Caroline Kidd okay we'll see you all in two weeks time um, uh, to you two lunatics stay on the line uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks folks uh, have a great time <laughs>